Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome once again to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio, episode 254. I am Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Over the course of the previous episodes and the number of years that we've done this in Cannabis Health Radio, I can recall, Corey, only one episode where we've dealt with cannabis and pets. That's right. Yeah. And surprisingly, it uh, at that time got the most listens. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that want to use this for their animals. Today, we're going to talk to a woman who used cannabis oil to prolong the life of her gravely ill cat. And she also helps others whose pets are ill. And joining us from Sacramento, California is Britt Moyes. Britt, thanks very much for doing this. Yes, thank you. I'm Tell very us- Sorry. happy to do it. Tell us the story of how you got involved with cannabis oil. Okay, well, I had I didn't use cannabis at all myself in the past. Um and I had but I came across somehow run from the cure. And I saw that and it just like was life-changing for me. It was a significant video that I just went, "Oh my god, that this looks real." And these people don't have any uh, motive to lie. And it is looks just amazing. So I really wanted to, my mom had just had a double, um, double bypass operation and it really scared me. And I, I feared for her and I, I wanted to make this oil and support her system. So it took me a while to figure out how to, you know, it, it wasn't that easy at first and to kind of figure out how to do that. So I gathered this stuff and, um, and then I was about to make it, but my cat got ill and got something that is a severe, a common severe liver disease called feline hepatic, excuse me, feline hepatic lipidosis. It's better you pronounce it than us. Yeah, say that 10 times in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Or or it's known as fatty liver disease is a layman's term. And it's very, um, it's, it's a horrific thing that happens and there is no cure for it. And what happens is the protocol is to force feed your cat until it hopefully kicks in its liver. Or, you know, you take it to the, when you go to the vet, the diagnosis is like $1,000 for an ultrasound you never see. Mm -hmm. Protocol is to force feed your cat before that $1,000 and after that $1,000. And then they want $1,000 a day to put a shunt in your cat's stomach to force, uh, to put the food in. And, um... It took me all day to gather the cash to when my cat, when I had to get the ultrasound. And during that time, even though they know the protocol, my cat was not fed there, which bothered me later thinking about it. 
you know. What were that, some of her symptoms, Brett? So she w- was very yellow, went yellow very pretty quick. She just didn't stop eating for a couple days. And that was um, a sign that something was wrong. And so when I took her in, it just, uh, she, he said she needed to go to a different vet. My regular vet said she had to go to a more advanced vet. And then it just is scary. It's like she, um, so she, she just stopped eating basically. And then she started turning more and more yellow. And then her gums were dry and yellow into the force feeding. I mean, I started this protocol and, um, her weight just kept dropping and I don't have children. I have, you know, cats and my, this was my 15 year old cat that slept on me every night Mm -hmm. of my life. And I just loved her to death. And so I just, had strong in my mind, this cat wasn't going to die. I'm going to do everything right to save her life. And her, she was fading in front of me and it was 14 days and she was more and more yellow and she couldn't move hardly. And she couldn't urinate. Um, or when she did first urinate, she just pee right where she was. She couldn't use a box that I had a couple feet away from her on the bed. She just was really in bad shape. And then you have to force feed them. And it's really hard, you know, um, to do that to your animal when you don't know if they're going to make it or not. And you have to kind of wrap them in a burrito wrap with a towel and then force feed them. That's the protocol. So I did all this and I had IV fluid drip that I had to give her with a needle and um, to give her fluid uh, kind of between the shoulders. And, you know, I I didn't leave her side um, and I... I then realized about, you know, um, about 14 days into, you know, I called the doctor. I said, what am I supposed to do? You know, she doesn't look like she's pulling out of it. Well, when her quality of life is not good or something, then maybe it's time to put her down. Um, well, I, I thought about the cannabis oil all of a sudden. I thought, I can't, it looks like she's going to be gone. And I, I thought, of, you know, I hadn't made it and I hurried up and I made it. And I, I read, you can't, you know, you can't harm, you can't kill an animal and, um, with it. And so I read that, but I was very scared. I had never done this before. So I took like a pinhead of it and rubbed it in like maybe a quarter teaspoon of butter. And, um, I rubbed that in her mouth and, um, about, it seemed like maybe, you know, she might've felt a little better, but I couldn't exactly tell. And then I kept doing that about three times a day. And on day three, she started um, she started pulling out of it. She turned towards the syringe. I put a bowl of food down. She started eating. Um, she started turning pink. She, um, I mean, she was like, a, she had gotten down with no body weight. I mean, it was amazing state to pull out of. So she... Um, I started filming it at that point and I have it posted on YouTube because it, I started realizing it was, she's pulling out of it, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, it took a few weeks from there. You, and even more after that, you, you have to watch them for a long time, but she pulled completely out of it. Um, and the oil was very 
much obvious that that's what pulled her out. And I called, you know, before I gave it to her, I told the vet, I'm going to make this cannabis oil that I saw online and I'm going to save her life. Now, that's what I thought I was going to do. And then he kind of looked at me like, "Uh uh-huh, that's a hoax is what he said. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, he probably uh, discounted it saying it doesn't work. uh, It's nonsense and uh, you're wasting your time. It's best. He said it's like apricot oil, you know, like, um, you know, apricot seed oil. Right. And so. Which is actually really good. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that made me look more into apricot seed oil. So, so your cat, um, your cat went from being uh, really emaciated, dying right before your eyes. Within three days, it started to perk up and uh, was feeling better. Started to eat on its own, and you could sense. I mean, having the cat for fifteen years, you could sense that it was it was recovering. Correct. Yeah, Emily was recovering and she was pulling out of it and she was um, obviously feeling better. I kept giving her the RSO like three times a day. Did you Um, give her the same amount, Britt? Did you keep just doing the pinhead amount or did you up the dose at all? Well, the pinhead was mixed, you know, the pinhead was mixed with like maybe a quarter teaspoon of butter. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's very, you... Since I've done a lot of work with with dosing and knowing kind of what to look for and what not to, at this point, you know, at this point when your cat's in this state, you're looking for your cat to just get, you know, it's gradual. Mm-hmm. I was very cautious with it, how you want to be with animals. And, um, but she was so sick. What you'll notice when a cat's so sick usually is that they feel better. You know, they're feeling better. There's, there's signs of just, they're better when they're in a really sick state if it's helping. And that became obvious. And so I just kept doing it. And, um, you know, I called the vet about two weeks after when I knew she was going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dr. Make, I want you to know my cat. Um, my cat, Emily, pulled out of it. And the only thing I could say is it's the oil. And um, I wanted to let you know. And he said, oh, my gosh. He said, I... I I didn't, he said, Britt, I didn't think she was going to make it, to be honest. And I said, she did. And, and it, and it's a beautiful thing, you know, and he said, just keep doing what you're doing, <laughs> you know? And, um, so since that point, I had posted something on my Facebook about it. And about a year later, my girlfriend called me and her cat was in the same state and, uh, she was in the same position as me and it's horrible to have that happen. Did and she have the same thing, her cat? Yep. Oh. Cat had the same thing. Wow, okay. And it's a common severe liver mm. disease, a very common one. So um, cats are dying all the time from it. So that's important for me to, to I wanted to, you know, let let people know there's another way. And so it pulled her cat out of it too. How long did it take with her her cat? About three days. And I think that was because we were, I was dose, I, I was do, real cautious and it was a little light on the dosing because her cat wasn't as severe as mine at that point. My cat went to a point, usually they don't return. Mm-hmm. But this, we, uh, she had missed, um, I realized in my communication there was something wrong and she wasn't giving the cat enough. So we upped the dose and the cat pulled out of it immediately when she upped the dose. The next, within 14 hours, the cat pulled out of it. 
Wow. Now, do you keep your cat on some kind of maintenance dose of anything? You know, in ho- looking back, I would have had I had I thought about it and learned what I know now, mm-hmm. you know, I would have kept the cat on it. And I did not. And the cat, usually if they pull out of it, they don't get that back. She had a normal life. But she had signs for those full four years of a uh, a nose cancer, but it wasn't coming across like that. And it's always misdiagnosed for a long time until right before they die. So had I known I would, if I would suggest anybody keep their pet on a very light dose, it's, it's so medicinal as I keep myself on RSO. Yeah. Is your cat, and is your cat alive today? My cat passed away at 18 last March. Wow. And four years after the uh, severe liver disease and she was healthy and she had started to get respite little signs over the four years of respiratory kind of funny breathing funny sounds and they would always they misdiagnose it I guess and think it's a respiratory this or that and she was on different antibiotics and everything and at the end we found out it was um, a nasal cancer so mm-hmm. I felt bad I hadn't had her on. No, I should have had her on the whole time. Um, she recovered completely from the liver, but yeah, it would have been a good thing to have her on it. So at that point, it was really hard to, you know, with animals, it's a very gradual dosing usually. So um, it's, you know, hard to, you don't want, you can't talk to them about it. So it's hard to all of a sudden... You can't give them like a lot of RSO, like you could a person and talk to them about it, you know, and yeah. produce. You know, we, so, when we did. Uh, a year longer, a year longer, and they usually die within eight weeks of diagnosis. And she was happy and, you know. Yeah. And you had her for what, four more years? Four more years. Yeah. And she lived a year after her diagnosis of her cancer, too. Wow. So um, she, they go in eight, four to eight weeks after the diagnosis is the typical time. You know, when we did a previous interview with a, a woman who gave um, cannabis to her pet, uh, she gave the adult dosage yes. to a very... Yeah, Charlie Renaud. Yeah, was it, a, was it a cat or a dog? Cat. It was a cat as well. Yeah, she gave an a, a adult dosage to a cat. Her cat. Yeah, we, or basically did the protocol that you do for, for uh, human beings. Pardon me? And what happened? Cat was she cleared fine. it. It was fine. Yeah, but she kept the cat. She was very cautious. So, I mean, the cat was in a cordoned off area where it couldn't hurt itself or whatever, you know. I mean, yeah. and she was very hands-on with the, with the cat and um, had a lot of experience with cannabis and, uh, and was able to clear her cat as well. Mm-hmm. Great. And, and so um, a gal in Washington, Victoria, has a cat Raven that's one was one year old at the time, and she contacted me after seeing the video, and she said my cat ha- her cat had um, had gotten a vac the vax his shots, and at the site of the vaccination, uh, five tumors came up, and that's sometimes common of vaccination areas that I've had other friends that cats have died from it, um, but this. So she contacted me and we did a dosage of uh, 20, I think it was, I believe, 20 to 1. So coconut oil to um, 
to TH to, to RSO. And, and when I extract the RSO, I use the best and all part of the plant. You know, it's not trim. It's the whole, the whole buds and everything on the plant. So, um, I think that's important to say. Um, but she, she, so I sent her seven syringes, three milligram syringes. So it was one gram divided into like 20 grams and of coconut oil. And, um, she wanted to work with CBD to counteract that. And so she did two parts CBD to one THC and she slowly gave it to the cat over three months and the cat's cancer free too. And at the end of three months, cats was cancer. Do you recall what type of cancer? I don't know. It was just after the cat got the shots, the tumors came up and the vet said, I'm really sorry. I thought the pharmaceutical companies corrected this 15 years ago. This was (laughs) happening. And I'm very sorry. It's not the first time I've heard of the vaccination site getting cancer either. Mm-hmm. So wow. my friend's cat died that way too. So. Now, Britt, you've you obviously help other people. Do you help other individuals who's who have other animals, dogs, uh, horses, things like that? Yeah, any animals. I'm a vegan myself, and uh, mm-hmm. I I uh, I love all animals, so I don't eat any of them. You know, I I, yeah. I I don't have an animal prejudice bone in my body. So I um I really love animals and I think animals, this really could extend to farm animals, to all kinds of things for healing, you know. Um, the other animal that, um, so, so lymphoma, so a dog with lymph that was diagnosed with lymphoma last year, we worked with him with RSO and he, he was old, like 14 for his, that was, he was elderly. And so He ended up, it extended his life. They usually go pretty quick. It extended his life, but it didn't get rid of his lymphoma on the light oral dosing. Um, I don't think, I think sometimes you have to move up to a lot or in the future, I'm looking forward to to more, um, doing more work with suppositories because sometimes it's, you know, you with an animal, you want to be, you know, you want to remember your animal's not going to die. You can't kill your animal with cannabis. So that's important. And then the important thing is just gradual dosing and looking for signs. You know, is my, is my animal just, is my animal happy and sleeping? Great. You know, is my animal getting uncomfortable and looking like they're having a bad trip? Cause you can, that can happen mm-hmm. and you don't, so, you know, it's just really being in touch with your animal and slowly upping the dose um, for the illnesses. And I, I just think it has amazing qualities. The other animal I worked with was Rex, and he had renal failure, extreme renal failure, and was, you know, on the brink of death for a long time. And the the the, the RSO just pulled him out of whatever he was having, and he was doing really well and it was um a doctor's neighbor's cat of that lived next door to me and then um they were moving and the cat he thought was dying and I took over taking care of Rex and um the cat lived 
on for a couple more years and was very, did very well with um, cannabis oil. And then um, the cat, uh, my cat and, and it were having major conflict of my little cat I pulled out of the liver failure. And um, I got like right in between them one day and ripped my, and my cat, it just really bad cat bite ripped my hand open. Mm -hmm. And that I rubbed RSO oil in immediately. It stopped the bleeding. The thing about a cat bite, it has five kind of areas of bacteria that infect the hand. So you usually always have to go to the doctor for antibiotics. But when it pierced, uh, when it when the cat tooth pierces, there's kind of a flap, and then there's these five um, bacteria points that can infect. So my hand swelled up um, like it would usually with like a balloon with a cat bite that severe, and uh, that was at 24 hours. At 48 hours, and I have pictures I can send you of this too. My cat, my hand went flat, and um, was normal size and it healed beautifully. Oh, that's great. And I was just, that, uh, as you were talking, I showed Corey, I've got a cat bite. He was bite showing in, me a zowie. I got a cat bite in my arm. I've got some on my legs because I play with my cat and uh, it's claws. And it's a cougar. <laughs> no, it's not a cougar. Yep. <laughs> it's a tabby yeah, cat and, and, and they, they, they love to scratch. Yeah, and so I get scratches and stuff, and I always rub. And I don't like mixing that with anything. I like rubbing pure RSO straight in to the body when you're doing that. Yeah. You know, so you have a cut, just pure RSO. I, 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 I think that's the best way. Britt, tell us the story of you personally and using uh, cannabis oil for your, the bladder misfortune that you had. Yeah, so suppositories work really great for me for um, my bladder, which I had an operation that they sliced my bladder severely. They told me, she told me she nicked it, but looking back on records, it was sliced severely and my bowels were packed on ice. So um, I had been told by a nurse that was a friend, you're going to have problems early with incontinence. So I did. And, um, and, uh, the suppositories, now I take a little bit of RSO at night, like, uh, maybe half a rice grain for myself and, but suppositories really are what help, uh, to support my bladder because I can take a lot more of the RSO. So it's helped to support it so that I don't, um, you know, laugh and urinate a little. Those are the kind of problems that it causes when your bladder is weak. And so that has really supported my bladder and, um, organ, I think the oil supports organs really well. And so a friend of mine has had a called the widow, widow maker heart attack. And he, it's only 30% live. If you have that, usually people don't do not live with that heart attack and it's the main ventricle. So I, it he um only 30 percent live after the first month he's still alive today two years later we do rso he does rso every day mm -hmm. and he changed to a vegan diet which was really important for his heart i think too you know it's really important what you put in your body and people forget that 
Um, and so he's really, really amazing. He's still around. The doctors expect him to drop dead all the time. You know, they say you, you may, you won't make it much longer and he is, and he's making it and he's thriving. And I believe it's from the RSO completely. And his diet is severely changed. So he's strict vegan. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the, the diet because Corey knows this better than most people, that you have to change your diet. You have to start eating properly, eating real foods instead of yeah. continually eating junk food and mm-hmm. expecting uh, your body to thrive because it won't. No. I agree. So no, that's you do for smoothies, sure. smoothies every morning and, you know, raw beets and raw vegetables in there. And I make one of those every day and he drinks that and I drink that and I feel way better than I have ever felt. You know, I started really realizing diet. I'd start getting a lot healthier once I started really working with RSO and understanding, you know, you do, and you look at a cannabis plant and you plant it in, I had really bad soil, you know, and I learned like those plants are sick and they don't make it and they're not in good shape. And you get, um, you just, it's just basic. Like what, what we thrive in good soil, we thrive with good food. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the, uh, the the skin cancer that your mother had and how you you helped out. So my mother had squamish cell cancer that was the size of like a small dime, and I have all that documented. She had a um, like a marble. It felt like the size that went into her, and she said it was like um, felt like a core was in there that was painful. So I said, it looks funny. Let's put some RSO oil on it. And so I put some RSO oil on it and she said, Oh, it's kind of hurting. Like I said, like pulling sensation. She said, yes. And I said, ah, let's get it checked out. Cause I've heard that's what the sensation of skin cancer is with RSO. Um, I had heard that. I don't know and if that's true, but it seemed to be, she felt something. And so he, the doctor, we had a great doctor, it's an osteopath and he biopsied it and it came back squamish cell cancer and we had already put the oil on for a few days and so she we went into the doctor and she asked if we could do the oil and do give eight weeks and he said sure if that's what you want to try and we did and we put a band-aid on it and it was really did well but it was tough it was like uh, I've seen basal cell cancer go away really quick this was eight weeks and there was still a little spot, but most of it had come up. It seemed like in a scab and off in a, in the bandaid, but, um, there was still a little spot. It bugged me. And I added the night before I put some more oil and put some hemp seed oil on it. And it seemed like it brought it up to an even bigger little scab. And it was a tiny part. And then, so he said, are you happy with it? I said, I am, but right here, I would have liked more time. And he said, well, he was ready with another doctor to cut into her and had the scissors and all that stuff. And he just had to take a little card with a razor blade and he just razor bladed it off and it had negative margins. And so she has no more cancer and um, it got rid of it and she doesn't have a scar. It's just like slightly lighter in the area. And that worked really well. And I was glad we got it documented at a hospital here at Sutter Hospital. So Now, did she do any any oil internally, Britt, or just applied it topically? She applied it topically, but I she takes oil mm-hmm. 
she she takes oil now. I don't think she was at the time, but she takes oil now um, at night. So, Britt, outside of your own cat, and your cat was called Emily, I think you mentioned, right? Yes. Yeah. Outside of Emily, are there any other really dramatic cases that uh, issues that you've helped other people with using cannabis oil? Um, that you can recall at the moment? Animals or people? Animals. Oh, okay. Um, basically, my basic, biggest experience is with Emily, um, yeah. with the feline hep- hepatic lipidosis. It's very a common thing that animals are dying from and they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Victoria, the tumors were really significant for her, um, for her cat Raven, who's one year old and she's a beautiful black cat and he's doing really well. Um, and the other, I'm working with more animals and, um, you know, looking for more experiences with healing. Um, my, my cat is my 18 year old cat. I had had a family of four four so my 18 year old cat the one that's left he's elderly and he gets rso every evening and he's in good health how Um, do you how do you give it to your cat so i mix it i don't use butter anymore because i'm vegan so i mix it with a ton with about the ratios 20 to 1 with the for him with the coconut oil i use 20 coconut to one gram of RSO. And then I just give him a tiny, like the tiniest amount on my finger, you know, just melt a little tiny dab and rub it in his gums. Mm. Oh, I see. Okay. Cats are very, it's very strong for them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like so, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, but I've learned my lesson and I want to support his system rather than, um, you know, I wished Emily would have been on it the whole time. After that, I think it's really good to have your animal on it. Yeah, well, it's good to know. Britt, uh, fantastic story. I mean, I think you're doing great work for uh, others and also your own cats. Anything you want to say in conclusion? Um, yeah, I, Susie. So Susie, my cousin, I want to share that experience. She had bile duct cancer that they gave her 12 months to live, and um, we did immediately got a hold of her of course i hoped she wouldn't do the traditional treatment but she wanted it and i talked to her about the oil and before she started treatment we did a gram a day and the whole time she had treatment we did a gram a day of rso oil in suppositories and then a little bit orally and she actually got they said her bile duct cancer they couldn't get rid of but they wanted to give her the treatment and she'd live a year so she actually got rid of the tumor, went away completely, um, which she contributed to the oil because that wasn't supposed to happen with their treatment. And it did. It completely got rid of it. And then at the end, they wanted to cut off the <clears throat> blood source to the tumor, which this tumor was dead now. I get it was just not there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I... I don't know. They wanted to do that in the last operation. She said it's not any big deal. And um, they cut something in there and she bled to death. Oh, God. Mm. So 
Um, it was pretty amazing that cancer was gone when they said it could not be gone, and it was. And um, yeah, so that was very sad, but the RSO did really well. Britt, thanks very much for doing this. We appreciate your time and, uh, and the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks so much, Britt. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's great work you guys are doing. Thank you. And that's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to contribute to Cannabis Health Radio, keep us going. Uh, you can do that. You can go to our website. You can make a one-time contribution or you can make a monthly contribution. And we'd very much appreciate it. Also, like us on Facebook, Cannabis Health Radio, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we very much appreciate that. That's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.